hola, hola, my name is Ricardo, I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 36 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast apps. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. You can also go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show if you're feeling generous and love our work. Paul, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of unexpected things to talk about, but how are you doing? Doing okay. Work is finally slowing down, so I'm not doing as much overtime as I was doing last time we recorded, when my brain was just actually just melting outside of like out of my ears. So no, I'm doing mm-hmm. fine. Drinking some Korean rice wine right now. Oh, nice, nice. I, I've had rice wine before. Uh, I didn't like it at first, but uh, once you, I guess, try to. Force yourself <laughs> to start drinking it. It grows on you. Yeah, no, like most alcohol, really. <laughs> uh, true, but I, I thought that one with rice wine particularly. Um, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, we have some big Noah shows. We have everything up to the finals of the Champion Carnival to talk about. So I think we are going to dive in here. So we'll go back to the end of April and start with pro wrestling Noah at Cork and Hall. And they drew a thousand and twenty eight fans, which is big for them in Cork in these days, Paul. What do you think of that? 
No, I, I'm, I think I'm kind of happy with that number. Like, it is down from what they drew for the Harada retirement, but again, that was a significant bump for the Harada retirement. But it is, like, mm-hmm. way up from what they were drawing previously. Like, this is, like, double of what they were, like, kind of drawing on average in Corrigan Hall last year, when they really were just mostly drawing 500 people. So I think there's definitely an improvement. And I think it helps that they put, like, the junior tag titles on these shows now because there's, like, something to sink your teeth in. And I also thought that this crowd was great because I think we've both been complaining about lower crowds being quiet, and this crowd was anything but quiet. It was an awesome crowd. So we start off, uh, first match, Ninja Mac and Lancelot defeated Hayata and Super Crazy in 8 minutes and 35 seconds with the Phoenix Splash from Mac, uh, Mac on Crazy. Uh, you can probably figure out what this match resembled. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, uh, Ninja Mac is the only wrestler in this match that uh, I care for or think is any good. Yeah. No, definitely. I think I, I, I really have a feeling that Lancelot's tour, like I think it's wrapping up now. And I don't know. I have my doubts that he will be brought back. Uh, we'll see. But I don't know. I I could see him being brought back. Like I... I, he doesn't look as shaky as he did when he first showed up, but, you know. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Do you think he, he, he would back? be brought back if he was Super Crazy's nephew? Oh, no. No. Yeah. That's the thing. So, yeah, it is what it is. And the next up, we have had Daiki Inaba and Atsushi Kotoge defeated Katsuhiku Nakajima and Hajime Ohara in 10 minutes with the kill switch from Kotoge on Ohara. Um... Yeah, this was a good match, I thought. I mean, it was only number two on the card and everything, but, I mean, with the talent involved, it delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good for what it was. Just a nice back-and-forth match. But, yeah, no. as you said, good for its uh, spot on the card. And then uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Ridgway defeated Seki Yoshioka and Alejandro in 9 minutes and 57 seconds with the onslaught from Ridgway on Yoshioka. I really like this. I wish we were getting more feuds for the junior tag titles with matches or teams like this. I thought Ridgeway and Yoshioka worked great together with Ridgeway going after Yoshioka's leg. Yeah, no, the match itself, I I liked the, that match as well. But my question is more for like the post-match when Ata came out and just like, okay, what was Ata's plan here? Because he came out by himself and just attacked Ogawa and Ridgeway and then just got beaten down and just left laying in the ring. Like, like what exactly yeah, was the plan I, here? Mm, well, see, Paul, the, the, you, you run into the big problem, which is really your fault because you've decided to think logically about the booking of the Noah Jr. division. Yeah, I, I think... No, I mean, to be and, fair... And, and at this point, that's all on you. No, I mean, yes, no. I mean, I will slightly disagree because I think actually a good chunk of the junior <laughs> division isn't actually book like horrifically like there is some logical booking here but i what i where i will agree with you is that like i i'm trying to apply logic to this feud specifically which is oh if we well, will yeah, get to later it's just completely devoid of any logic or any kind of meaning mm-hmm. that's for sure like it, it's especially glaring and stuff like that so you can't think about it too hard um, doesn't mean you have to like it but i would recommend not <laughs> i definitely about it do either. not <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Naomichi Marufuji, Masakitami, and Yoshiki Inamura defeated Jake Lee, Jack Morse, and Anthony Green in 1442 with the Tiger King from Marufuji on Green. Again, another really solid match. I really like the way that Green and Marufuji work together. That's actually a singles match that I'd like to see. 
yeah, no, I, I like that one as well. And given some later results, I think maybe that is actually something we might see at some point. But yeah, no, I, I thought this was solid as hell as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, next up, uh, the Congo team of Keno, Manabu Soya, and Shuji Kondo defeated Kaido Kiyomiya, Sean Legacy, and Amatsuka in 9 minutes and 34 seconds with the King Kong Lariat from Kondo on Amatsuka. Paul, we'll get to the post-match in a minute. But uh, a couple of things here. I did really like this match. Legacy continues to impress. But do you think that like Amatsuka is now getting down-cycled? I feel like he definitely is starting to get down cycled i mean at the like he got his little gold watch yeah, rain because yeah. he is older i mean he like they still came out to his music at the sumo hall show so i don't think he's like completely getting just like completely down cycled now but yeah i also doubt that he'll be back in like the singles title mix anytime soon but i could definitely see him become like more of a guy in the junior tag like division yeah. now so which obviously is down second, but I think it, that's still like above where he used to be because he was basically like one of the lowest juniors on the roster like yeah. two two years ago. So he is yeah. getting down cycled, but I don't think as much to like where he like the low levels where he used to be. Yeah. And then uh, next up, we had the returning Junta Miyawaki defeated Hiroki in eight minutes and twenty three seconds with a uh, modified do we not guillotine want to drop. Talk about the Suwama attacking him. Oh, post-match. sorry. Post match <laughs> angle. Uh, after the match, Suwama came out and attacked Keno. I mean, and, he got uh, more heat Paul, here so, than he did on like all the time. I know. More heel heat. Yeah. People are actually but, I mean, him. he is the outside invader, so yeah. it works. Yeah. But I will say, Suwama looks so much more cool like doing this than anything he does in Ultra yes. these days. Yes. No, he, he looked really cool here just coming out in his fucking leather jacket and just like that power bomb also looked great. Yeah. So no, I, so, I thought that and, that was uh, a that was a great angle, and I think it like it worked really well and like setting up the title match and everything. Yeah, we will uh, get to that later, but we do have a date for the first defense uh, by Keno and Soya of the World Tag Team Titles. And the next up, Junta, the returning Junta Miyawaki, who's now sporting another new look, defeated Hiroki in eight minutes and twenty three seconds with a modified guillotine drop. As I said, Paul. I didn't think Junta blew me away here, especially no. as a guy that I thought that they were positioning as like their next junior ace. Yeah. Um, I think like he weirdly also looks like he aged 10 years in two months, right? Like, is that yes, just he looks me? a lot like, older. He looks so much older now, but he's only been gone. Like he looks so much older than he did at the, like la- when last we saw him. And that was only in March. Like that, that's the weird yeah. thing. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't really get like, who knows what he saw in Mexico. But yeah, like I, I agree as well that like he didn't really blow me away and I thought this was like a logical result and I thought this was result in a bit more of a push, but that's also questionable as we'll get to later. Yep. Maybe they're not happy with it. Like they send him back to Mexico and then they bring him back. Yeah. And then there's some interesting booking on the next show that we'll get to. So Yeah, I, I thought I thought he might be the next ace, but now I'm definitely not sure. But that also means I'm not sure, like, who's the next guy up after Hayata then? If, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe not Yasutaku Yano because yeah. there's still no word from Noah exactly. on him Kinyu Okada. Like, that, that's exactly my and, thing as well. Was like, okay, Yan, but Yano is missing in action, and then it's really kind of like, I don't know. It's definitely not going to be Taiji Ozawa because he's, he'll be heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see where this all goes. And then next up, Hideki Suzuki... Timothy Thatcher and Saxon Huxley defeated 
Takashi Sugera, El Hio did Dr. Wagner Jr. and Shuhei Taniguchi in 12 minutes and 36 seconds with a Japanese leg roll clutch hold on, from Suzuki on Wagner. Uh, I thought Huxley looked like <laughs> shit early on in this, but then he just, you know, gets shunted off to the side like in one does in a multi-man tag. And I thought like all of the Suzuki versus Wagner stuff was awesome and it really hyped me for their match. Yeah, no, that that was really good. Uh, yeah, as I said, like Huxley, I, I, I mean, I somewhat enjoyed the, the kind of energy, I guess, like him and Fetcher have, like mm. kind of like the, I like that, but yeah, then it's just like the bell rings and there's just nothing there with Huxley. So that that will always be a negative. It's, well, I, you're right about their energy because it's really interesting because it's like some of the most energy that I've seen Thatcher ever have. Yes. Like a more traditional, like heelish energy instead of just being like stoic. Yeah. But then Huxley wrestles and it just falls apart from there. Yeah, but he can be hidden. Uh, yeah. I think as this match showed, and I would argue the uh, match on the next show did as well. Um, and then in the main event, Yohei and Tadasuke defeated Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf in 1816 with a cut back cradle from Yohei on Bane to make their first defense of the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Paul, this is all action, all serious, no bullshit. And I thought this was the best junior tag title match in a while. Yes. Especially because it didn't overstay its welcome. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I love this. I uh, I gave this one four stars because mm-hmm. it it definitely wasn't part. Like, for example, like like both of us are like Yohei and Tadasuke defenders. But I don't think either of us would describe either of them like or would describe them as like polished workers, right? Like the Yohei, kind of. Yeah, but like still, like the, like what I really liked about this match is that it had just the right amount of sloppiness. I think the fact that it wasn't really super polished really helped this match, where like it was just kind of a bit sloppy, and that just really helped just like this really energetic, just chaotic feel that this entire match had. So yeah, no, I mm-hmm. thought I thought this was awesome, and yeah, I fully agree that this is the best junior heavyweight like tag title match that we've had in a long time now probably i don't know i'm actually trying to think back what is like the last like junior tag title match that I like well there was some this. great stuff last year with um ogawa and ridgeway yeah no like but then ridgeway had a visa issue or whatever it was yeah and they had to like yeah so probably need to go back all the way there but yeah no i i really really like this one and also helped that the crowd was just ate all of it up as well yeah and then so that was that show. And then we move on to uh, May 4th. Uh, today, as we record this, it's May 4th. To Majestic 2023 at uh, Sumo Hall in front of 2,721 fans. Now, that's 700 more than last year. But I think at this point, Paul, that's still not good number. No, no. Like, I, I would have liked this. Like, to me, for me to be happy with this number, I think they would have had to draw at least... 300 like 3,300 people uh, 3,000 people um so yeah I, I I do think at least it's a positive sign that it drew 700 people more but I don't think you can really be happy that you basically drew half of what you did in 2019 like I don't think that's a good sign especially if the card kind of like looks mostly the same Except for Muta. Yeah. Like, if Muta actually makes a difference in, like, half your attendance, I don't think that's a great sign. I mean, if anything under 3,000, what's the point of running Sumo Hall? Yeah, exactly. Do that Oda Ward or whatever. Yeah, that that's the other point as well. And, 
like for example stardom has drawn over 3000 people there since restrictions have dropped like comparing them to new japan i think is to some degree unfair because it's just clear that they're not nearly on the same level as them but i think right. comparing them to kind of stardom numbers is fair but i think yeah. so too yeah no i i don't think this is a good number but at yeah, I don't, like I said, I'm I'm of two minds. Like I don't think it's a good number, but at the, at the very least, he drew more. So that's something, I suppose. Yeah. Um. And I said this on Twitter. Uh, this was the biggest match of Jake Lee's career because it's in the biggest venue that Jake Lee has main evented, and it's also against the biggest star that Jake Lee is probably facing a singles match. Really, if you think about it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I mean, like. They got right. a good, so, pretty good match out of him, but we'll get to that. So do you think, um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're just going to follow. I don't think they're going to do a sudden turn on Jake. They're going to do whatever they had planned for yeah, him. Yeah, no, because right? if they would have done that, they would have done it here. Like if they actually would have yeah. taken the title, if they really were super unhappy with these numbers, they would have taken the title off of, they would have panicked, taken the title off of Jake here and put it on Marufuji. Yeah. So, and especially because I mean, we'll get to that later. There is no obvious next challenger. Well, no, uh, because I think the go thing is going to be dragged out for a little while before he yep. gets back into the title picture. But we'll get to that. So, we start off with Welcome to Majestic One in the pre show. Muhammad Yonhei and Super Crazy defeated Akitoshi Saito and Taishi Ozawa in 10 minutes and 58 seconds with a moonsault press from Crazy on Ozawa. Look, all I'll say is I like watching Ozawa. I like watching Ozawa develop. He's going to be something. Mm-hmm. But uh, this went way too long for what this yeah. was <laughs> as an opening match. I mean, to be fair, I, mean, I was complaining, though, recently that like I w- would wish that these openers with Ozawa would go longer. So, and I guess this one did. But yeah, there was, there was That's really, a monkey's paw. Yeah, exactly. It really was. And also, we had like uh, fucking like super crazy Fujita over here holding that pin on Ozawa for like forever after the match was over. <laughs> but I guess he wanted yep. to make up for his nephew getting pinned in the next match. For sure. Uh, and then, so welcome to Majestic 2. Atsushi Kotoge and Seki Yoshioka defeated Extreme Tiger and Lancelot in 12 minutes and 42 seconds with a kill switch from Kotoge on Lancelot. Honestly, I thought this was perfectly fine little junior tag match. Yeah, no, definitely. Was just... I, didn't, I didn't think Lancelot botched anything too badly or anything like that. No, but I mean, they also didn't really ask him to do much either. So. No. Yeah, I mean... it. But as a pre-show match, yes. this was no, no, a no, much no, better obviously, obviously. pre-show match in the opener. Exactly, and especially because it was also mainly done to set up Kotoga and Yoshioka as the next challengers for the junior tag titles as well. Yeah. But do you feel like Lancelot's tour is over and he's probably going to go back to Mexico now? Because that's what this felt well, like. Well, we me. mentioned it. Yeah, but we mentioned he is Super Crazy's nephew. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so then next up, uh, so we get into the main show Noah International versus Good Looking Guys. Jack Morris, Anthony Green, Johan Tadaske defeated Sean Legacy, Stallion Rogers, Dragon Bane, and Alpha Wolf when Green, Green used the alternate ending on Rogers. Paul, you, you, you talk about this match. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought this rocked. I thought this was awesome. Like, this gave me, like, approximately, like, late 2000s uh, TNA X Division vibes. Just, just eight guys in there just going absolutely nuts to open the show. Just 
dies, everyone dies everywhere. Like like I said, like kind of like similar to the junior tag title match. It was also a bit sloppy as well, but just the right kind of sloppy where like people were just in there just having fun, experimenting and everything. Because I think that really came across as well as how much fun the people in the match were having. Like the one thing I remember is like when they were doing like all of the like dive spots to the outside and you can just see Tarasuke having like a massive smile on his face as, the, as it's happening. So yeah, and, and then the finish as well when uh, Green uh, used the alternate ending on Rogers, like that looked like, that looked super sick as well. Like where he just like, just, catches him and just drops him on his neck basically like yeah no i i really love this match like i didn't quite get to four stars with it even despite as much as i love it because i'm someone that like i need some stakes in my match for me to really like get to that like notebook level and this obviously was just kind of like a random kind of eight-man tag so it didn't quite get there for me but i just really love this as an opener no, I agree. Uh, I thought it was great, too. I wouldn't go four stars, but yeah, three and a half, three and three quarters for sure. And the kind of thing you want to do to open the show. Were Next you, up, uh, New quick, Freedom. Were you surprised with the outcome that Green pinned Rogers? Because when when I saw that those two were kind of like in the like finishing sequence, I actually fully expected Rogers to like get the pin on Green here. Um, No, because uh, I think they like Green. Yeah. But Rogers seems to be kind of over. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Because just looking at the comments that were there on like Rogers, like coming back to Japan, I actually that's why I kind of expected him to like get a push, but apparently not. I mean, like I'm not against the green push. I like green. Like I'm I'm happy if he's getting a push now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I'd like to see green, like we said, against Marfuji, and then maybe even challenge for the national title. Yeah. And then next up, a new freedom battle. Uh, Natsu Sumeri and Ryo Mizunami defeated Mayu Kihi and Saki in 13 minutes and 57 seconds when um, Sumeri used the Yoran on Yukihi. Uh, somewhat of a surprising result, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad, maybe a little long, although I'm somewhat puzzled that they're sort of pushing Sumeri in this Noah women's division. Yeah, that that's that's also the one that I'm surprised about. Where it's like, is that really the person you want to build your division around? I mean, I mean, I think bad, you should. But I mean, I don't think any of them are going to sign contracts unless yeah. you throw a ton of money at them. But it should be built around Yukihi. Yeah. No, I mean it's interesting. Like, like for me, it's still. I mean, I get that we're still kind of in the proof of concept phase with this Noah women's division. So I get why there is no stakes to any of these matches but as i said for like the previous match like i do need some stakes in my match for me to really get invested and just having these mm-hmm. kind of random matches really kind of doesn't really do anything for me so but yeah i mean if this actually leads to them actually getting a proper division and then actually having some proper matches with some like actual storylines and everything all the better but for now i'm just kind of eh on these matches yeah, no, I don't mind him. And I think uh, Mizunami is also a good person to use in this division, too. Yep, especially because she's, like, kind of just wrestling straight as well. Yep. Like, I think she's actually, like... Right. She, like, when she actually doesn't do a stick, she's actually really good. And I think, like, she actually did, like, nicely played a power role, like, in this match as well. So I, I, that was actually something that I really liked about it. Well, I mean, Mizunami uses her shtick in um, uh, AEW because it's, like, 
It's, you know, American. Yeah. That's what you do. And then she also uses it when she's in TJPW, which is TJPW. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the whole point of this NOAA women's division and Takagi has talked about wanting to do a more, like, serious women's wrestling thing is that, um, yeah, it's going to be, like, hard-hitting and straight lace, mm-hmm. which, again, is why I find the Sumeri push interesting. Yeah, because that's not someone I think of when I think of, like, hard-hitting, straight-laced action. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it is what it is, but I'm sure it's going to continue. Yeah. Um, I want to see what other talent they can get in there, though. Then next up, uh, Noah Jr. versus Kongo Jr. Shuji Kondo, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki defeated Amasuka, Junta Miyawaki, and Alejandro in 7 minutes and 29 seconds with the Stuka Splash from Hiroki on Miyawaki. And, of like, Hiroki is a lowly guy now. He's all of a sudden pinned Miyawaki after losing to him. Yeah, this was I don't know. Baffling. I was so confused when this happened. Like I, I mean, this really made me think that like they don't really believe in Junta Miyawaki at all, because why have him get them win in a singles match if he's just then immediately got to turn around and get pinned in at the bigger show as well? Like that's the other thing. Yeah. Like he wins at Kirken Hall, okay, that's great, but then he loses in Sumo Hall in front of like significantly more people. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, this doesn't feel like someone they're going to like push to the moon immediately or push at all, really. Nope. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he might have to like slum it up in the mid card like Master Wado did for a while. I mean, I guess so. But I, I mean, I really don't get it because I thought his I mean, I, yeah, I mean, because I thought his run at the beginning of the year when they brought him back from Mexico the first time was pretty good. So, yeah, that first was it. Did he have a match against Yano? That was pretty good. Yeah. Like, he had a title match as well that was pretty good, too. Yeah. So I really don't, like, so, I don't, like, there's something weird going on here with the, like, young boys and Noah, with, like, Kenya Okada and Yano disappearing and Miyawaki getting just sent back to Mexico and then getting no push at all when he comes back. Like, I don't know. The, some Something's up here, but, like, we're probably not going to find out what it is until, like, I don't know, someone talks in, like, 10 years or so. Yeah, all sorts of... um truly strange things happening in um in uh, noah yeah. <laughs> we have no clue what's going on right yeah which is i mean i mean it's wrestling these things happen but all of this happening at the same time sort of and if you consider sort of the position that noah's in it's not good i mean it's mm-hmm. just one thing on top of another especially with its reputation so. about not pushing younger wrestlers as well like this kind of yeah stuff doesn't help so you're de-pushing your young possible future junior ace and two of your other young wrestlers have disappeared off the face of the planet yeah <laughs> uh i'm trying to think of something similar in wrestling because obviously you know wrestlers have disappeared been suspended but like this uh with like no all young guys at all as well yeah it's uh like one like the thing one. is as well that it's two of them like if it was one of them yeah that can like that has happened before but i think it's really unusual that it's two of them at the same time yeah well, we will continue to monitor the situation. Yeah. If we hear anything, we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after that, we had continued to challenge Kazuyuki Fujita and Masato Tanaka defeated Masa Kinami and Daiki Inaba in 9 minutes and 35 seconds with a sliding D from uh, Tanaka on Inaba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, well, also, first of all, Masato Tanaka is now rocking the, the Chrome Dome. 
Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yeah, to uh, you know, look like his partner. I I kind of like this for what it was, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I Although, but I'm not in love with just sort of like quickly cutting off Kidami and Inaba at the knees. And frankly, you could argue, what was even the point of the Sagira and Taniguchi tag title run? I mean, I, I have a weird, I don't know, I have a weird, I don't know if that makes sense, but I have a weird theory about that one where I feel like New Japan recalled Kojima early to put him in the carnival. And that's why they put the title on Kitamiya and Inaba. And that's why they put the title back on Segura because they wanted to do the whole Segura gun breakup and then have the title change come out of that one. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like they basically, that's the most they basically thing. went, oh shit, Kojima has to go back. Uh, okay, that, I guess then we need to have Kitamiya because Inaba and Kitamiya had like no heat at all when they wanted. Like basically, like they hadn't really been built up all that much when they won the title. No. Then they had a really good reign, but yeah, like they basically put it back on Segura in the first chance possible, and they also build up like Tanaguchi really quickly for the title challenge as well. Yeah, like this whole thing just felt like basically they they had to like do something really quick, and the the place they wanted to get to at the end of that was having the Segura gone break up, and then Segura losing the tag titles coming out of that. And the whole story also would have made more sense if basically. If uh, Suzuki and Thatcher complain that uh, Segura isn't team is only teaming with Kojima and everything, and he has been doing that for like so long now that they don't see a point in like continuing Segura again, you know, like that that the story makes more sense that way. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe um, they only decided relatively late that Kojima was going to be in a champion carnival. Mm-hmm. And then next up, under GHC Martial Arts Rules, Masakatsu Funaki defeated Shinya Aoki in 6 minutes and 10 seconds with the ankle hold. Uh, well, Josh Barnett was on commentary for this. <laughs> and uh, I thought this was definitely one of the better GHC Martial Arts matches that they had with Funaki. Yes, no, I agree on that one. I think they actually had some fun kind of exchanges on the ground here. Like, it wasn't just, like, Two people lying on the floor pretending to exchange holes. Like, I feel like they actually had some struggle for the holes here. So, and they also kept it pretty short as well, which I think helped the match too. Yeah. And uh, and then after the match, like, they teased Funaki versus Barnett. Yeah, match. I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> Look, I mean, if, if this is all just to kind of, like, add some, like, spice to, like, middle of the card matches on like big shows to maybe draw some like additional fans that are interested in this kind of stuff i don't actually mind it like i think it's fine yeah no it's interesting but it's just like they still sort of are relying on the old shooters still a bit yeah no definitely just i mean but look if that if this is what they're doing if they're like on the fifth match out of 12 and like that's where they're positioned and like i said it's just to like draw some additional like nostalgia fans to like remember Enochism then like then it's fine. Like I definitely like it more than Funaki getting a year long national title reign. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um so after that we go to uh, interestingly named Deus Ex Machina. Uh Yoshinari and Ogawa Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Rudre defeated Ada and Daga in 12 minutes and 34 seconds uh, when 
Ada pinned Ogawa after um, Daga hit Ada with the Diablo wings. <laughs> and honestly, I thought the match wasn't bad up to that, but then it just, nah. Yeah, no, of course. You know. Is that just like the cleaning of a house? It never ends. Just, it, it never ends. Like, I, I know it's, I don't know if you've listened to the uh, Open the Voice Gate episode with Jay recently. I haven't gotten a chance to yet. I've been busy. Yeah, so basically Dre said on that one that he thought that this was going to be the blow-off, but this didn't feel like a blow-off at all. This, no. This is just going to keep going. Just Yeah, and I guess Daga is a member of Stinger now, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, he'll be around. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. Like I said, like the, I guess the match wasn't bad, but it's like I think it's also impressive that, like, like, this is a match where, like, I really love three of the people. Like, in theory, I really love three of the people in this match. I'm probably wavering a bit on Ata because of, well, just guess just I've tried everything. Uh, but, yeah, I just didn't care at all. <laughs> no, and it's funny because they actually had, like, a decent little match, but then they decided to ruin it. Yeah, and I kind of expected it. Like, I think that really didn't help me where it was just, okay, when does, when does the bullshit start? Like, that's, that's literally everything I thought while I was watching this match. Where I was just like, okay, when do we start the nonsense? Yeah. And also, I think this was actually about the time when the All Japan show started, because I actually watched both both shows at the same time. It was, yes. So that also didn't help either. <laughs> I, I tried to watch this live, but I fell asleep as the next match was starting. <laughs> it wasn't even that bad. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I was just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. First. I had tried to nap, but was unable to earlier, so I, I just passed out. Um, and the next up, we had uh, Drillistico defeated Reyes Scorpion in 15 minutes and 58 seconds with La Mystica. Um, I mean, this was a spot fest. Yeah, and I thought Drillistico uh, like, was pretty sloppy, but I thought Reyes Scorpion was yes. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we sort of, you sort of called this one uh, on the last episode. Yeah. And uh, Scorpion is a great base. Yeah. Um, he's actually smaller than you think if you look at his stats, but he's big enough to be a Noah heavyweight Yeah. <laughs> because his stats are like the same as like Keno are almost <laughs> the same as Keno's and Nakajima's. No, I, I mean for Escapion, like I get why everyone wants to book all of the flashy, like high flyers that do crazy stuff like Commander, but I think people also forget why they look so great in Mexico because they can base off of people like Ray. Like Ray is just such a great base. Well, like for example, like in like very often in like Japan, like people do like crazy dives into like loads of people or whatever to like cushion the fall, and that's great. But like in Mexico, it's just you just need like one white boy, like Ray Scorpion, to just do all of that basically by himself, and that's what he did in this match. Where like. Whenever, like, Drillistico stuff was always, like, his sloppy stuff was always in the setup. But once he actually, like, made contact with Ray, it always yeah. looked awesome. Because Ray was just like, no, I'm going to catch you. Like, I don't care how kind of off the mark your, like, dive actually is. I'm going to catch you anyway. And it, I'm going to make it look awesome. And his chops, like, his yeah, chops I, was so good. I remember when Drillisco like jumped to the top rope because he was going to like dive off into the outside to do that hurricane Rana. And he like had to step off the top for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah, I know. But, but then, like, then when the he actually Rana did the dive, it looked great. Yeah. 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 Um, you know who I 
you know who would be great in Noah, but he's got a contract in the States? Um, in the States? Yeah. Who has a contract in the States that is... Black Taurus. Oh, Taurus has a contract in the... Is he with MLW? No, he signed with Impact. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. But he... But I mean, hey, look, Noah and Impact have worked together in the past. So I... I yeah. That, and that Impact doesn't really use Black Taurus to his full potential. Either. Well, no one is. That's the problem with Taurus. <laughs> yeah. No one ever really is. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought he he would be a really good addition as well. Actually, another one that is a really good base, and I don't think he is actually signed anywhere, uh, would be Gringo Loco. Uh, he's, well, he's appeared in great. Ah, uh, okay. Damn it. Yeah. No, but he would be like another guy if you want to bring, like, because yeah. to me, like, yeah, okay, you bring in all of these like high flyers from Mexico, but I think you need to bring in some bases as well. Like it's but Reyes Scorpion is like a first grade like like guy for that. And then like because I think he can really help making like your own like local like Japanese high flyers look great. Like just think about like how good like Amaxa versus like Reyes Scorpion would be. Yeah, for sure. Um he's not announced for anything moving forward, but I hope they keep him around. Yeah. Ninja Mac versus Reyes Scorpion. That would be really good. Oh, that'd be... Yeah. So, uh, next up, GHC Tag Team title. Keep exploding. Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher defeat Takashi Sugera and Shuhei Taniguchi in 15 minutes and 24 seconds when uh, Huxley used the neck-hanging bomb on Taniguchi. The champions fail on their first defense. You know what, Paul? This wasn't bad, honestly, because... Huxley came in and did power spots early on, and then they got him out of the way for a lot of the match until the finish. Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't bad. It definitely, to me, it wasn't as good as, like, previous GHC tag title matches. No, no. Because, like, that's one of our talking points, where it's just, like, these have just been bangers after bangers, and I don't think this was, like, anywhere close to, like, a notebook match or anything like that, but it was still pretty solid. Like, it could have been worse, but as you said, it really benefited from them just getting... Huxley out of the way for most of it but that's also not a great sign if like one half of your new tag team champions has basically been ha- basically has to be hidden for the majority of the Can match you... for the match to be good <laughs> are you looking forward to those uh Huxley versus Fujita exchanges oh, god you <laughs> 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 think Fujita might actually just shoot knock him out <laughs> Yeah, because I do I think Fujita it's... actually respects someone like Thatcher, but I don't think he has even an ounce of respect for the likes of Saxon Huxley. No, <laughs> not at all. So, uh, yeah. Um, but I do actually think I, I do actually believe... think that they might actually defend the titles at least for that match, because I have a feeling that mm-hmm. I know the next team who the next team is that is going to hold the titles and hopefully yeah. that team yeah. will hold the titles for a lot longer i think so too although if you actually go back and look at their title history their title reigns were not that long well then it's about time for them to get one isn't it yeah i think so next up ghc junior heavyweight title the highest peak hayata defeated ninja mac in 12 24 with a modified arm lock okay this was perfectly fine because they kept it like 12 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't need 20, 22 minutes, 25 minutes of Hayata. I thought this was perfectly fine. Yeah. No, I, I actually have to say as far as like Hayata matches go, I thought this was good. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I think it helped that there was like a story here. 
with Ninja Mac attacking mm-hmm. Hayata's arm and then teasing the uh, the flippy do to the outside with the sunset power bomb. Where sunset for yeah, yeah, where Hayata like separated his shoulder. I think like like there was an actual story here, not just kind of like aimless work for like twenty five minutes until Hayata hits the headache. So yeah, no, I I thought this was fine. Like I there mm-hmm. there was a clear story here. They kept the charge and it had a logical finish. No. Like, as far as Hayata matches go, I thought this was good. Yeah, for sure. And then Hayata called out Dante Leon. Yeah, that's 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 the downside of it, though. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that match will be as good. Yeah. Next up, GHC National Title Global Standard. El Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Hideki Suzuki in 12 minutes and 17 seconds with a Japanese leg roll clutch hold to make his fourth defense of the title. Uh this was not what I expected stylistically from these two, but I still thought it was great, and I think actually this was my favorite match of the show. Um, yeah, I would say so as well. Um, it's definitely close. Uh, but no, I I liked this one as well. I thought the finish was a bit sloppy, but I think otherwise it was a, another great defense for Wagner. Like I think so. I expected a lot more mat work, but they just sort of started throwing bombs at each other. Yeah. Uh, early on, right? Because like Suzuki knocks him out with a close fist punch right at the beginning of the match, and everything like that. So it was like really good, and Suzuki actually can really work that style too, and it just came together really well. It was also shorter than I expected it to be. Yeah, like because he really only got like twelve minutes, so I think they yeah they could have pro- hmm? they could have gone longer, I think, and it yeah. would, still would have been very good. No, definitely. But I also feel like that's probably the reason why they didn't really go for like a lot of mad work because they just didn't have time. So that's probably why they went straight to just like throwing bombs at each other. Yeah. Well, they could have had more time. There's no reason to have had like 12 matches on this show. But anyway. No, that that's the other reason. Yeah. <laughs> this show was very like this uh, show started like what an hour and a half before the All Japan show started, and it finished yeah. like 30 minutes after the All Japan show went off the air. Well, now the file on Wrestle Universe. Now mind you that has like the the like announcers talking before the show and then like a Jake Lee interview in the back after. It's still five and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it was definitely a long show. <laughs> yeah. And then Go Shiozaki return match back to ring. Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya defeated Go Shiozaki, Kaito Kiyomi, and Yoshiki Inamura in sixteen minutes and forty seven seconds with the vertical spike uh, brain buster on Shiozaki. Uh, so this was like the Noah six man that we always talk about being great. Um, but also go was incredibly over. Yeah. Like he felt like the biggest star in the company. Yes. No, I, I think the crowd was really missing go as well. Like, I, f- I feel like one thing, like, if, like I wasn't really happy with the size of the crowd, but at least the crowd that we got here was good. And I think that really became obvious yeah. in this match as well, where like they were just like going absolutely nuts for like everything that Go was doing. Like they were so loud for that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, your classic Japanese booking where the guy who's been out for like eight, nine months uh, loses in his return. But after the match, um, Nakajima extends in hands to Go and they shake hands and embrace and Axis is back. Yeah. And Nakajima has left uh, Congo. Yeah. What a weird run with Congo that has been for him because I don't know, like I think when he joined Congo, we all had the feeling that this was going to end with him taking over the faction because they teased that like really heavily 
and then they stop doing it and then he just like leaves the faction by rejoining with the guy that he turned on to join Congo originally. Yeah, see I well, I mean I expected a more explosive end, even if Nakajima wasn't going to take it over. Like, they were going to lose a match, and they were going to, like, brawl after yeah. the match or something. Instead of, like, that, I mean... Now, with that said, I, like, I would have liked it more, but with that said, this this was so over this angle. Yes, it was. Which also brings me to the... Axis was very popular at a time when Noah was not doing so well. <laughs> like, they sold photo books and everything yeah. of them. So, do you think that this is them trying to like pivot to like do something that has like appeal? Yeah. No, I I wouldn't be shocked if that's like the exact reason why they're doing this, because yeah, no, access was like just crazy over, and I think it is still crazy over. Just like I think this is something that yeah. fans have been really clamoring for, because this definitely like this got the loudest pop of the entire show was when uh, Shiozaki yeah. and. Uh, and Nakajima was shaking hands. Like, this was... Yeah. So, I I really hope that this is something that can, like, revitalize the promotion now. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, Huxley and Thatcher um, make their defense against Fuji and Tanaka and then lose to Axis, is what you were getting yes. at? <laughs> I think that's exactly what they're doing here. I think Tanaka yeah. Tanaka's gonna, like, tap into a Fujiwara armbar and then go and Nakajima come out and they make short work of them at, like, whatever show they're going to win the title fast. And do you think then Go doesn't touch the GHC title again until early 2024? I think that's a likelihood. It's actually... Okay, so something I wrote in the Discord after Go lost this match, but before Axis reformed, is I put Go down as like a favorite to win the N1. Now that Axis has reformed, mm-hmm. I'm less certain of that, but I think that's still something that I could easily see happening as well. Absolutely. Because my feeling yeah, was like, okay, sure. if he loses to Nakajima here, then the, the N1 final is going to be Nakajima versus Go. I don't think that's happening anymore now, so, though, so who knows. Um, but I feel like if they're going to push Go, it's at least not going to happen. Like, if they're going to push him in a singles capacity, it's not going to happen until the N1 at the earliest. But Go also feels like the right guy to dethrone Jake. It, he does, and yeah, that's the other thing. Like, the, like, who else could dethrone Jake unless... Yeah, I don't know. Let Maybe let's talk about that I mean, after it's... the main event. <laughs> okay, so we'll go to the main event. Yeah. GHC Heavyweight Championship, Historical Crossroads. Jake Lee defeats Naomichi Marufuji in 25 minutes and 28 seconds with the skewered front high kick to make a second successful defense. Okay, this match was good. Mm-hmm. I'd go, like, three and three-quarter stars, but... There was a certain element of here, and I and I've been on record saying I like I like uh, some a lot of Mar, old man Marufuji's big single singles matches when he still occasionally has them. There, this like had moments that were pretty great, but I just feel like we ran into the old Jake problem of him not being able to turn the intensity up high enough until like literally like the last thirty seconds of the match. Hmm, really, because okay, I, f- I feel like we actually probably have like reverse our position team because I actually liked this match. <laughs> I actually I mean I liked it. I just good. I just don't think it was like I went three and three quarters. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm sounding a little too negative, but that was my reason why not going to four. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess so, yeah, because yeah, my expectations were pretty low coming into this match, so like mine were definitely. Ex- so I feel like we probably have like the exact same opinion of the match. It's so just, I think I had higher expectations. Yeah, exactly. Than you I going feel like this. that's that's the problem here, where like you went in with high expectations, I went in with low expectations, and then we just end up in the exact same place. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, well, no, I, I agree that like Jake was missing some fire here as well, but I feel like now like Marufuji more than made up for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Marufuji... Yeah, Marufuji really was great went, here. Yeah, like, I think he really went all in. Like, that Shuranui off the top was, like, that was awesome. And he pulled that yeah. out for this. I think that was also, like... Because that's not, that's not a move that, like, old man Marufuji wants to do very often. So the fact that he did no. that here, like, I think to me that was, like, symbolic. And, yeah, no, I think it also helped that, like I said, my problem... Like, this was actually probably my... Out of, like, the three... This is probably yeah, out of like this is probably my favorite Jake match so far in Noah. Uh because as I said, my problem with Jake versus uh, Nakajima was that I never felt Nakajima had a chance of winning. Whereas I felt like Marufuji actually had a chance of winning this match. Like like there were multiple mm-hmm. times where it's like, okay, is Marufuji gonna do it here? So that helped help this match for me and yeah, like I don't think I'm gonna go four stars. Like I'm not gonna go four stars on this, but it at the very least like sniffed notebook at like a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, no one came out to challenge Jake, nope. and Jake even mentioned that in his promo after the match. So I don't know where we're going. So, I mean, there were some tweets by Kota Ibushi, right, <laughs> happening during the show. Yeah, but, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Is this just him? shooting his own angles or is he actually teasing something here because to me like it's I... it's not just that no one came out there was also no one that was really like set up on the show as the logical next no. challenger nope no one so like i don't know like will we like like because at that that point it makes sense if you bring in someone new to the promotion to challenge but it needs to be someone that is an like a credible challenger right away. Yeah. But you're running into outsiders versus outsiders. I mean, I guess so. But it, I like, for example, okay, let's say it is Ibushi, right? I don't think that matters. I suppose not when you're Koto Ibushi. Yeah. So, because otherwise I, I just don't know like who is going to challenge like Jake next. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't anyone, right? Yeah. Because Go, obvi- it's nope. obviously not going to be Go. Nakajima just challenged. Keno's busy doing like Keno's doing busy like doing stuff with the like all of all of the tag titles that he holds now. Like Kaito obviously isn't in any way, shape, or form hot enough to challenge for the title, and I feel like that's no. also too soon to go back to that match. So like, who really is there? Oh, that he's beaten Marufuji. There's yeah, I don't know. Fujita? I'm. That's not. Well, now he's in the tag title. Exactly, thing. yeah. So Fujita's in the tag title, so like that, it's not him. And Suzuki just lost a national title match, so it's not going to be him either. Mm-mm. Like, and the only one that won like a non-title singles match is Jalistico, but Jalistico is a junior, and they're definitely not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So they they isn't anyone. Like Funaki. <laughs> but Funaki is going to wrestle. Like Funaki is busy with Barnett, so it's not going to be him either. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yone, but Yone didn't win, like, Yone was on the winning side of his match, and also that's not a credible title challenger. Like, they just isn't anyone. Yeah. Like, it's not gonna, like, it's not gonna be Jack Morris. Like, it's not gonna be Anthony Green either. 
Like that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense for him to like have a title challenge against like a stablemate. Like, there just isn't no. anyone at all that is like positioned to be the next title challenger right now. So to me, it almost has to be someone coming in from the outside. And like I said, Ibushi is really the only one that makes sense if he is actually coming in and not shooting his own angles. Right. But we will see. I don't know. I'm just skeptical that he's coming to Noah, I guess. Yeah. I am as well, but like I said, I just don't see anyone else. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take a quick look at some of the upcoming cards. So May 14th, Cork and Hall. Axis versus Keno and Soya. And Ogawa versus Ada. Paul, what are the chances that Axis are going to win the All Japan World Tag Titles at some point? I mean, is this a, announced to be a title match? No, it, it can't be a title match. No, it's, because, it's a non-title. Yeah, it's non-title. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it would be okay. weird. Like, I mean, I would assume Axis is going to win this, but it is also weird if, I don't know, if like All Japan and Dragon Gate are going to be happy with like the tag champion losing here. Yeah. No. I mean, could also it be could also is. be like some sort of DQ or something. Yep. Or draw. Yeah. Thirty minute draw. Um. Then May twenty first in Kobe Sambo Hall, World Tag Team Titles: Keno and Soya versus Suwam and Kono, Axis versus Funaki and Kondo, and the Hot Feud: Ada versus Daga. Yay. Uh. In May twenty eighth in Niigata at the Bandajima Just, just real quick Plaza. on the on the world on the all japan world title match here um so we're gonna get to this a bit later uh do you feel all japan has kind of spoiled the outcome of this match uh i think i know what you're getting at and uh no i don't think so no because i feel they've very strongly spoiled the outcome of this match well that might be also because i've given up all hope that voodoo murders is ending it's gonna be forever no no i i think it's very obvious that Tsuwama is going to be a face by June 3rd at the very latest. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, there's been other off-ramps that would have made sense too, and they never went with them, so who knows? Okay, so Nigata at Bandajima Multipurpose Plaza on May 28th. Axis versus Kaido and Kaido Kimiya and Daiki and Abba. Yeah. That could actually be really yeah. good. But I wonder who's getting pinned in that match. <laughs> And then May 31st in Shinjuku face, Keno versus Nakajima. That's weird. That is a massive match for building that small. At least Cork and Hall. Yeah. It should be at least Cork. Yeah. I mean, if you don't sell out Shinjuku face with that match, then I think Noah is in big <laughs> trouble. Yeah. So that is pro wrestling Noah. Any final thoughts, Paul? I actually like this show. Like, out of like the post Muto yep. era big shows, show. I thought this was by far the best one. Like, I don't think out of, like, yeah. the Ata weirdness, I don't think anything on the show was bad. And I, like, I read, like, as I talked about, I really like that, like, open of the main card, the eight-man tag. And I felt, like, the last three matches were all really good and, like, nothing really, like, I thought it helped that while there were, like, an absolute shit ton of matches on the show, it helped that none of them went really all that long outside of the main event. Like, I feel like that kind of, like, helped the show as well, just, like, Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that's that's a better idea for some of these big Noah shows because they would get hard to watch yeah. sometimes. Like, just imagine if they had hard. done the whole thing with Ogawa and Ridgeway and Ata and Daga, if that match had been 22 mm-hmm. minutes. Because that's what it would have done, like, yeah, exactly. like four months ago. I, mean, I feel yeah. like they did exactly that four months ago. No, no, wait, they didn't even do that four months ago. They did that just with the, with the junior tag title match not that long ago where it went 25 minutes and then they turned on each other. 
Yeah, they got one. Hopefully, that's over. <laughs> well, we'll but see. We'll see. So we move on to All Japan Pro Wrestling. In some uh, bad news, uh, the All Asia Tag Team titles have been vacated because um, uh, Atsushi Onita has like uh, rupture in his like, or not rupture, but like swelling in his like in the aorta part of the aorta aorta in the stomach, which can be very dangerous if it bursts. Yeah, you can like bleed out basically yeah. of internal bleeding, but He's also still announced on the June 11th show. So I don't know what's going on here and why they had to vacate the titles. Uh, if he makes that show. Yeah, I like I I feel like they just haven't pulled him from that show yet to be gone honest. Yeah, but I I don't know what the recovery time from something like this is, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean But I mean I hope he gets yeah. better. Like I said, like that is like that is actually something that could be very serious especially if you're taking bumps. So mm-hmm. I I'm happy that it yeah, that it got fixed, and he should hopefully be making like a full recovery. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And so we move on to recap all the Champion Carnival shows that have happened since uh, we last recorded. We're gonna try to blow through these <laughs> as fast as possible because uh, we could be here for hours. But so on April 22nd in Niigata City, Nishikawa Multi-Purpose Hall, in front of 496 fans. Uh, block B, Shuji Shikawa defeated Yuma Anzai in 7 minutes and 24 seconds the running knee lift. This was good, but this wasn't as good as the match that they had last December. Nope. Um, block B, Suwama defeated Takao Mori in 3 minutes and 1 seconds with the vice hold. Oh, what do you think this was? Yeah, <laughs> it was so not over. Like This was again one of those where like, Suwama just does his heel stick to just no heat at all. Yep. And then uh, Block B, Shotaro Shino defeated Rei Saito in 5 minutes and 59 seconds with the ankle lock. This is sort of when Shino begins his ascent. Yeah, this this was and, also when I you know. got the feeling that, like... Well, this one I was more like, ah, okay, at least they're giving Shino some points, but whatever. But yeah, we'll, we'll get more on that later. And it was fine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say this was definitely even Rei Saito's best match. Yeah. <laughs> um. Champion Carnival Block A. T-Hawk defeated Cyrus in 3 minutes and 23 seconds with the Cerberus. I saw some people say this match wasn't very good. I thought it was perfectly fine until the finish, which was slightly awkward looking. But, you know. Yeah, that was fine. I mean, what can... what can Like, the thing is, T-Hawk is way too small to, like, do much in a match against Cyrus, so you might as well keep it quick. Yeah, I mean, he's strong for his size, but he's not that strong. No. Um... Then it was Hikaru Saito, Dan Tamara, and Black Monster Ray defeated Atsuki Aoyagi, Rising Hado, and Ryo Inoue in 8 minutes and 38 seconds with a powerbomb from Tamara on Inoue. Again, all of these junior tags have been good, even if that wasn't part of the tournament. I have no memory um, of this match. <laughs> I barely do either. Block B, Manabu Soya defeated Hokuto Omori in 9 minutes and 18 seconds with a Death Valley bomb. Um, this was actually kind of good, mm-hmm. but I thought that they probably could have used a couple of more minutes. Yeah. But I, I feel like this was actually one of Omori's best, like Hokuto Omori's best matches of the entire tournament. Yeah, and we'll get to another one later against a surprising opponent. <laughs> um, and then uh, Satoshi Kojima defeated Jun Saito in 8 minutes and 19 seconds with a lariat. Again, lots of, I thought it was fun. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I thought I thought this was... Like I, like, I feel like a lot of people have actually been dogging Kojima for all this tournament, but I don't really get that same feeling. Well... I think it's more or less the booking that Kojima's been given. 
Yeah. As opposed to any effort on his part, you know, eight minute match, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, Ryuki Honda defeated Yuma Aoyagi in 10 minutes and 21 seconds of the final event. This is the best match of the show. In my opinion, it was a lot of fun again, too short from what these guys are capable of. But I mean, these guys could really put could probably put on an incredible match if they got 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Honda push continues by like, the Honda of, push continued yeah, by something someone of like Aoyagi status. Like the Honda push con- yeah. was continuing so much that I actually briefly convinced myself he was going to be in the final. But in my defense, I had not really slept that day, so I was slightly delusional. Well, I mean, Ashino said that he would like to face Honda in the final, so mm-hmm. there were sort of like hints even dropped. Yeah, that that because that's where I got it from, and it was clear that like yeah, Ashino is going to be in the final. Spoiler, uh, that. Uh, that him with Honda would actually make a ton of sense at the final. Yeah. And then in the main event, Kento Miyahara defeated Yoshitatsu in 18 minutes and 17 seconds with the shutdown German suplex hold. I mean, it was fine. In fact, it was like good, but I mean, it's Yoshitatsu versus Kento Miyahara in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three and a half stars. Yeah. You know. I feel like these two have also had better matches in the past too. Well, they have, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't want to get the opinion that it was like, horrible match or anything like no, that wasn't um then we go to april 23rd at dream messe miyagi west building hall block b ray saito defeated hokuto amori in six minutes and 51 seconds with the drill hole pile driver i thought this was actually kind of good mm-hmm. no i think ray really um, has kind of stepped up this game throughout this entire tournament absolutely i think june had in the last couple of shows mm-hmm. too um, and then block A, June Saito defeated Yoshitatsu in six minutes and 25 seconds with the Cobra Clutch Slam. I mean, it wasn't offensive. It was a match that happened. Yeah. I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, block B, Shuji Shikawa defeated Takawa more in five minutes and 35 seconds with the air scissors drop. When Ishikawa wins with the air scissors drop, a.k.a. the Luthez press, it's like a nothing match. Yeah. But I also like that, that you know, he does it every once in a while. I feel like it's, it's a nice like mix-up. Yeah, but perfectly inoffensive wrestling. Yeah. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. 
But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Then uh, Yuma Anzai, uh, Rio Inoue, and Musashi defeated Ryuki Honda, Black Mensure, and Ozawa number one in nine minutes and 27, 20 seconds when Musashi pinned Mensure with the Nitin Ichiru. This is good. Mm-hmm. And it's always nice to see Musashi in all Japan yeah. as he pops up when they are in sort of the Michinoku territory. Yeah. No, no, no. I think he can still go. So I'm happy when they bring him in as a local. But also seems pretty clear that he has kind of like think he's perfectly happy being like this kind of part-timer that pops up whenever they're like close to where he is yeah well i don't think he's gonna leave michinoku that too yeah um junior tag battle of glory hikaru sato and dan tamara defeated eski aoyagi and rising hado in 11 minutes and 19 seconds with a power bomb from tamara on aoyagi i thought this was the best junior tag battle of glory match up to the point yeah no definitely and again like the Dan push is real. Uh, like him panning Aoyagi mm-hmm. especially, I think is a big statement too. Twice. Yeah. Pinned him in the singles and then pinned him here in the tournament. And then champion carnival block A, Kento Miyahara defeated Cyrus in six minutes and 23 seconds with a horizontal cradle. I mean, it's a fun six minute match because obviously Miyahara is so expressive and he can sell for Cyrus and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, um, Cyrus also like sold it well when he basically like Got rolled up. Yep. Okay. So, Block B, Shatara Shino defeats Suwama in 13 minutes and 29 seconds with the ankle lock. Shino finally gets a singles victory over Suwama in all Japan. So... Uh, this yeah. wasn't very good, though. No. So, I'm <laughs> not saying that because Shino's in the final now. But, basically, when this match started, and I kind of forgot what the match was actually going to be. Like, I just... Shino came out, and I was like, okay, he's at four points. Like, if they actually want to do something with him, they actually do want to push him. I feel like this is the very last chance ever. Like, if he wins this match, maybe they will actually do something. Who's actually his opponent? And then Suwama comes out, and I'm like, all right, nevertheless. And then he beats Suwama, and I'm like, (laughs) whoa, wait, what? Okay, maybe there is something here. And yeah, lo and behold, this is, to me, this this is really the start of, like, the comeback. Like, him actually finally overcoming Suwama and beating him, like, that is an actual, like, statement win. I, I didn't like the match. No, the match was bad. But, I, <laughs> to me, the outcome was more important than the match itself. Yes. I agree. But you'd like to see... But no one will remember this as Ashino's big win over Suwama, though. 
No, that's but they will thing. remember the final when he wins the. They will remember when he wins the Champion Cup. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And they will and basically the what event- this will be when people like look back at it years later will be like, oh yeah, man, look at all of the sculpts that he actually got during the like mm-hmm. 2023 Champion Carnival. Yeah, and in the main event, Block A, Yuma Aoyagi defeated Satoshi Kojima in 13 minutes and 59 seconds with the Fool. This was one of the best matches of the tournament up to this point. Yeah, I agree. And also, again, talking about big statement wins, this is another big statement win for like you. Yeah. Like I feel like you obviously like Yuma like didn't win, and he wasn't even really in the mix by the final night. But I feel like he still like they still kept him strong by giving him like big like they gave him two massive wins in this tournament. Absolutely, and that's sort of like what you have to do. Yeah. So they protected him. Yeah, no, I think they did a really good job. Where like he's like in this really precarious position where like. You do want him to keep him like at that level where he's still like a believable guy because I still feel he's gonna win the triple crown this year at some point. Um, but mm-hmm. if you're not gonna have him in the champion carnival and beat Nagata, you need to do something to keep him strong. And him beating Miyahara and him beating Kojima is achieving exactly that. Yes, for sure. And so this is definitely worth watching. Uh, I think. You know, I mean, like, Yuma being, like, the young prick and everything works well against Kojima, yeah. too. No, I feel I feel like Kojima also, like, did really well here, just being like, well, who the fuck are you? And then just being, like, actually kind of, like, underestimating Yuma at times, and then that, like, results in him losing the match. I think they played that really well. Yeah. Uh, we go to April 25th at Cork and Hall in front of only 753 mm, fans. Yeah, they have been drawing With that terribly. main event, not a good number. I mean, they have been drawing terribly well, in Corican Hall throughout this entire tour. Yep, and uh, they started they started Corican this year in Corican strong, but yeah, not so good. Yeah. Um, so Dan Tamer defeated Black Mensa Rain two minutes and twenty nine seconds with a power bomb. The push continues. Uh, Block B Shitaro Shino defeated Takawa Mori in four minutes and forty two seconds with the ankle lock. Again, you know, perfectly fine. Yeah, this was to be expected. Right? Uh, uh, Cyrus defeated Yoshitatsu in four minutes and five seconds with a reverse splash. What, exactly what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Suwama def- in Block B. Suwama defeated Hokuto Omori in six minutes and twelve seconds with a backdrop suplex. And Paul, this might have been the best Suwama match of this tournament. Yeah, no, I agree. Because <laughs> he he just went in there and wrestled Hokuto, yeah. and he gave Hokuto a bit. Yeah. No, uh, like this was just like I mean it was just six minutes, but yeah, as I said, it wasn't Suwama doing his heel stake to no heat like it was just Suwama being a wrestler like which he's still something that he's actually still pretty good at i think he's still pretty good if he doesn't do all the bullshit well good thing he's turning face then <laughs> hopefully um uh, and then in the junior tag battle of glory Aski aoyagi and rising hayato defeated reo inoue and ojishiba in seven minutes and 36 seconds when hayato pinned inoue with the sid vicious again a great seven and a half minute match mm-hmm. But the way that these shows are structured, they sort of take away what, like the junior tag battle of glory on it, like taking place during a normal tour could have been so much more and it was still pretty good. Yeah. But I feel like after now, after the finals have now happened, I get the feeling that I know what the reason for this entire tournament happening was. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and then in the junior t- uh, tag battle of glory, Kaido Ishida and Kotaro Suzuki defeated Naruki Doi Naoki Tanizaki in 8 minutes and 56 seconds with the half-tiger suplex hold from Oshida on Tanizaki, on Ishida on Tanizaki. Excuse me. Um, 
yeah i mean it was pretty good too i mean all of these matches are good like three and a half maybe even three and three quarters sometimes yeah. i mean for Just this one i was a little bit disappointed short. because i had pretty high expectations for it and it was just kind of there for me mm. and then in block a june Seder defeated yuma aoyaki in nine minutes and 37 seconds with the psycho break Paul, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. And this is when I was like, hmm, June Saito is actually stepping up now, too. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, this was a great, like, Yuma Aoyagi carry drop as well. Like, yeah. obviously, like, like June wasn't, like, a complete stiff, but I feel like, like, Yuma just no. absolutely sold his ass off. Like, I've, like, I almost, like, this was also, like, close to, like, a notebook match. Like, it wasn't one, but it was definitely, like, oh, this is, this is getting really, really good now. It- Okay, tell me if this is a ridiculous comparison, but this is like Ric Flair carrying Lex Luger in 1988. I there's something there with Luger, I but think he's Luger also uncoordinated is a at this point. Better worker than Jun Saito. I really like Luger. Well, I really Luger like became Luger. a better worker than Jun Saito. Okay, 88 Luger. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. 88 Luger. I agree. Yeah. If this was like 92 Luger, yeah. like I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level. Yeah. But 88 Luger, yeah, no, okay. I, I, yeah, there I can see the comparison more. No, 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 yeah. And then um, in block A, T-Hawk defeated Ryuki Honda in seven minutes and six seconds with Cerberus. Uh, this was pretty the, good while it you're lasted. You're missing the Yuma Anza and Ray Saito match. Oh, I guess I am. Oops. Um, so they had a match. No, it was just before and I that. It's it. on the run sheet. Oh, yeah, right it is on the run sheet. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Okay, Yuma Anzai defeated Ray Saito in 7 minutes and 35 seconds with a German suplex hold. This, again, I mean, given their experience levels, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree as well. Like, these, these, this were probably, like, in terms of, like, both Saitos giving good performances, this was, like, the best night of the tournament for them because I think both of them were, like, in really good matches. Like, yeah. I think Ray is more capable than June, though, yes. on his no, own. No, absolutely. But again, Yuma is also a rookie. <laughs> Well, not not that Ray is a rookie anymore technically, but like Yuma is a rookie, so like, no. like June having a great match with Yuma Aoyagi is less surprising than Yuma and uh, Yuma Anzai and Ray Saito having a match as good as this was. Yes, definitely, right? And also Anzai gets to six points with this victory. Yeah. No, I, 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 which I think was, hmm? which was on the high end of my estimation. Yes, definitely. So no, they they definitely like kept them strong throughout the tournament, and I thought they did some like really fun stuff in here as well. Like I specifically remember like like Anzai just dodging under Ray Saito uh, crossbody, which is which was really cool. I think that was like the coolest part of like the entire show to me. Yeah, for sure. And just yeah, I mean, you know, I like I just saying like I don't know. I mean, I look, I I don't want to overhype them, mm-hmm. but. I think that some of the observations of the Saitos just isn't holding up. They are improving. Yes. Because some people thought, okay, well, they're too old to improve when you start wrestling at 35. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's the case. Now, I don't know what their upper ceiling is, but I don't think they've reached that either yet. And I also don't think that observation is really true if you look at, like, comparable people that started at a similar age. Because that's like saying Batista Mm -hmm. couldn't improve. Because Batista also started at, like, like, do I think that the Saitos are going to be as good as Batista was when he was, like, at his peak? DDP? Yeah. Like, again, yeah, like I said, like, um, there is, like the history just doesn't back up people starting late and not improving. Like, Segura right. started relatively um, late. Segura was almost 30. Yeah. He started at 29. Suwama debuted at 28. Yeah. 
and um, Shuji Shikawa was well. We're celebrating his 20th anniversary, so he would have been 28 as well. Yeah. Now that's a little younger than 35, yeah. but uh, it, yeah, it doesn't always hold. No, like I think it highly depends on like how like you can't obviously do the same development steps you would do with someone that starts at 21 or like 18 or whatever. But like I feel like if you develop them well, like even someone that starts at 35, you can actually like do something with them. Uh, like because like again, like they're restless. Like you can't compare that with like professional sports. But like yeah, like at that age, you're like severely slowing down. Whereas I feel like the Saitos probably still have like 10 years in front of them before they like really slow down as wrestlers. So there's some there's something you can develop here. Yeah, for sure. And now, finally, we get to T-Hawk defeating Ryuki Honda in 7 minutes and 6 seconds with the Cerberus. Um, this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the ending, too, of this one. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that... T-Hawk just makes him eat shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he basically just, yeah, like, Honda really, like, uh, like basically all of the dastardly things Honda did throughout this entire tournament kind of, like, came back to, like, haunt him here. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the and then he just eats the meat of the face. Yes, <laughs> like this really was like because if if Honda had won here, then he basically would have just won the block. So yeah, no. Yeah. And he he um, he sold that knee roll. Mm-hmm. And then block B, Shuji Shikawa defeated Manabu Soya in eleven minutes and two seconds with a giant slam. I think this was Ishikawa's best match of the tournament, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was just the two big guys, big. Roots uh, hitting each other. Yeah, no, I agree. Just two slabs of meat just crashing into each other. Yeah, and you know, eleven minutes, perfectly good length for for these guys, no, especially Ishikawa. Yeah, to do this exactly. sort of thing. Like I don't think with Ishikawa you can really go longer than ten minutes because that's really getting. Well, like... you saw what happened. In... Yeah. Every, I mean, everyone loved that Nagata match, and I was surprised at how many people did. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was also like. Ishikawa like panting for like two minutes between spots. Yes, exactly. That if you actually cut out uh, like the spots of both of them just kind of like yeah. lying there, like that match is like half as long. <laughs> yeah. And then in the main event, Satoshi Kojima defeated Kento Miyahara in 19 minutes and 42 seconds with a lariat. Paul, what did you think? Because I thought this was good, but I don't know if this quite lived up to what the potential it could have been. I mean, I don't. I saw a lot. Almost of people, like they were saving something yeah. for the later. I mean, I saw a lot of people being really negative on this match, and I don't know. I really liked it. Like, I, I actually went notebook on this. I think this was actually my favorite tournament of the, like, favorite match of the entire tournament. Mm. So, to be quite honest, like, I, I thought this was really well. I think, I think it was really like the most star-powered match as well. I think that helped. I thought, oh, for sure. like, I, like it wasn't a big crowd in Korokan, but this crowd like came unglued for this match. Like, they were really Oh, yeah, out. for sure. Like, this was super over, and I think that helped this a ton. And, yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, I went four stars in this, and I thought this was, like... I think this was probably, like, a victim of a lot of people's expectations, because I feel like people went into this expecting, like, a match-of-the-year contender. And while I still think Kojima is still really good, I don't think he's someone that can get to that level anymore. But he can still get right. to a notebook level, for sure. He's proven that many times, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's someone that you can like expect match of the year quality out of anymore. And I think he definitely developed, like, delivered at like that level where he can still deliver at this point. Yeah, for sure, that makes sense. Um, 
but but no i but i still i understand the point about like okay well kojima you know is is great but not elite sort of level but i don't know i did get the sense that they were holding something back i i think kento was too i mean maybe i mean we still have the all together show coming up so yeah i mean i don't know i could see kento getting and having another singles match with kojima at down the line too i think that's what i was thinking at this point i mean sure because i thought kento might still be going to the finals yeah well about that (laughs) yeah so that is a good transition to uh, April 30th at Osaka Edeon Arena number two in front of 814 fans, Paul. This is the biggest number in Osaka since 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep, the biggest one since the 2019 uh, real-world tag league. So, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I, like I said, like these Kirkland numbers have been really bad, but just looking, like, again, like also like the smaller shows as well, like they sold like pretty, like above where they sold previously in these buildings, like recently. Yeah. So I really feel like this is a Kurikin problem exclusively, which not great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't yeah. I don't I don't want to take away all responsibility for all Japan for their numbers, but other companies are feeling the sting of Kurikin, especially yeah. on the weeknights. Those yeah. those shows just simply aren't drawing right now. No. Well, I mean, I think that's less of an excuse for like the show today because it's Golden Week. Oh, for sure. It's Golden uh, Week. But Absolutely. I feel like the like the solution here is to just run Kurikin less. <laughs> Yes, I agree. I agree. Like back in 2019, they started doing some not so good Korkin numbers, but they also ran Korkin a lot more than they had in the past two previous years. Mm-hmm. And that building, so they've been down this yeah. road before where they sort of overran Korkin. Yeah. Like that building is just really badly burned out just in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like especially for all Japan now. Yeah. And so to open the show with a like a special carnival block eight man tag match for block A, Kento Miyahara, Satoshi Kojima, Yuma Aoyagi, and Ryuki Honda defeated Yoshitatsu, Jun Saito, T Hawk, and Cyrus in eight minutes and twenty seconds when you uh, Aoyaki used an inside cradle on Saito after a low blow from Honda. <laughs> but I thought that was good storytelling yeah. to set up uh, what would eventually ha- happen later. Yeah. And then Black Mensa Ray and the Bodyguard. Defeated Ryo Inoue and Oji Shiba in 7 minutes and 53 seconds with a camel clutch from the bodyguard on Inoue. Paul, I thought this was a lot of fun. And I thought Inoue's exchanges with the bodyguard were great. Yeah. Like, he knew how to work with a guy like that. No, yeah. No, he definitely... Like, this exceeded my expectations because I was like, yeah, okay, second match on the show, whatever. But then it actually ended up being pretty good for for that level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Bodyguard, like, I'm, yeah, I, I, I like bodyguard. I, I wish he would work a little bit more but i get why he also now just wants to be a guy that just wants to like work with Saka. yeah exactly i mean he's like 50 years old i think yeah now. again he's actually another one of those guys not that bodyguard ever became like an elite level worker but he's also someone that started in like his mid-30s and like, that's developed true. into like a pretty solid worker and especially as a tag guy with zeus he was really exactly good. Right, and so that's like what the Saitos are always going to be the tag team, right? Yeah. So that's why I think they do have uh, like a higher ceiling than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, yeah was it? Wait, did he even start in his thirties? Because he made his debut in two thousand nine, and he's fifty four so, now. Oh, jeez, he's even older than I thought. Too tired to do math right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but okay, so he's fifty four now. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah, he debuted when he was 40. Yeah, so, again, he debuted even five years older. He was five years older than the fighters are now when he made his debut. Yeah, so there you go. 
Um, and then Junior Tag Battle of Glory, Naruki Dori and Naoki Tanizaki defeated Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara in 8 minutes and 38 seconds with the V9 clutch from Doi on Tamara, sort of hiding, uh, building towards their match. Um, this is sort of forgettable, but I want to say it was still good. Yeah, no, it, it was, yeah, that was fine. But again, like the main one here was like to build up like Dan and yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I have thoughts on now that the, match later. So, uh, next up, Atsuki Oyagi and Rising Hayato went to a draw 15 minutes with Kaido Ishida and Kataro Suzuki. Uh, this was pretty darn good, I thought. I mean, it was also one that finally got time because they went to the time limit. So yes. they actually got 15 minutes. <laughs> so they could actually build a proper match. And these are also like four great workers. So you know, this, this, I think this was like probably like the... Was this like the best? No, no I mean, excluding the final, this was like the best match of the tournament. Uh, yeah, for sure, right? And it, I thought it was like good... I, you know, I mean, it's a five-team round robin, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought the booking was fine and everything like that, right? Yeah. It did still build anticipation. Because I didn't necessarily, was not confident one way or the other who was going to win in the end, like the tournament. No, yeah, I think they did a really good job of that, just keeping people equal and just keeping people guessing until, like, basically the finals, yeah. Yeah, because they did the thing where, like, Tanizaki and Doi came out to watch them. Mm-hmm. By the entranceway, you know, and everything like that. And then <laughs> they didn't make the final. <laughs> <laughs> they went to a draw. <laughs> uh, so block B, uh, Manabu Soya defeated Takao Omori in nine minutes and two seconds with the Dando. This is a little longer for Omori in this mm-hmm. tournament. Um, you know, I like watching Get Wild explode and everything like that. I mean, probably one of the better Omori matches of the tournament, mm-hmm. though that's not saying much. But uh, he finishes with the old goose egg. Yeah. It also didn't help that this match was kind of, like, there weren't really any stakes here. Because even even if Soya gets to eight, like, he wasn't going to make the finals. Unless, even if they got really wacky, it would have resulted in, like, a, like, at best it would have resulted into, like, a five-way tie. And they weren't going to do that. (laughs) No, they weren't going to do that. And then... We had Hokuto Mori defeat Yuma Anzai in nine minutes in four seconds to Mudo Muso Essen. I thought this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also and it was them. a nice way. F- yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think it was an interesting thing. I think Anzai and Hokuto haven't really interacted that much, but I think their sort of fates are somewhat intertwined in this company. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's actually why I, why I really like the outcome of this match because Yuma mm-hmm. needs some people to overcome, and like having someone like Omori there that like he doesn't like beat immediately i think it's really helpful because then that's something you can like go back to later yep for sure and i think i don't know um i don't know what hokuto's ceiling is it's hard to tell in part because of the well the way that this company emphasizes size right um so but i mean i think these guys could definitely be put on high level matches Mm -hmm. i mean the thing is with omori is like i also don't think he's quite at the like working standard that like some other people are as well. Like he's not bad, but he's definitely like a step down. Like he's not an elite level worker. So right. Yeah, but I think he's definitely someone that had, like like I think actually something that he could develop into as well as like a tag guy. Yeah. So and for sure. I think he's he's gonna be really good. Like actually that's actually you, my Anzai and Hokuto Mori actually could be a really good tag team now that I think about it. I think so too, yeah. But I feel like... Like a young... Yeah. 
a young team. Young guy team, team. Yeah. But I feel like Yuma is actually going to get a different tag partner, so but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes. And then Block B, Suwama versus Ray Saito went to a double countout in 10 minutes and 20 seconds, which, you know, we had a, sort of expected some sort of DQ or countout double, so they would both get zero points. I mean, is not great, but it wasn't even, I thought, the worst Suwama match of this tournament. No, no. It was, yeah, it was not a good match, but at least it had, like, the double count out and everything and that made sense like because it also furthers the voodoo murderers descent storyline so yeah that's fine for what it was well we've seen those voodoo m- m- murderers uh stories before yeah but i feel like it will actually lead to something now yeah okay and then the main event shotaro shino defeated shuji shikawa in 15 minutes and one second with the ankle lock and then shino wins the block or Ishikawa would have won the block if he had won this match. Mm-hmm. This was good, but not great, I thought. No. Yeah, it, it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. Three and a half. No. I mean, it is really I mean, Ashino can... played his role well. Yeah. Ishikawa, like, Ishikawa can only be in the ring against, like, other big guys that can throw bombs. Yeah. Which Ashino sort of is, but it's not the same as no, going against small. the Soya. Or... Yeah, he's also too yeah. small to do that. Yeah. No. Actually, okay. Now that we have like the outcome of Block B, do you think this was actually the plan from the start? Um. Well, what was the other alternative, like a Yuma Aoyagi versus Naoya Nomura final? Yeah, because I feel like, but I also feel like, given that the plan was probably always to give Yuma like the Miyaharo win and the Kojima win, like yeah, it actually feels See, like Ashino was actually the plan from the start. Because it, yeah. it also feel like actually maybe the like some of the things that got rebooked here probably would have been more like i don't think soya actually would have won his final match on this i feel like actually right. nomura would have beaten him here yes to get the uh, revenge from the loss at oda ward yeah and i feel like that like he still would have ended with eight points but i feel like he would have like lost and been eliminated essentially from contention by nomura yes and also there's the whole politics of the grx champion being in the tournament yeah and so it was like you want him fine he has to go to the finals Exactly. And also, our guy wins the other tournament. I mean, I think it's a fair trade. Yeah. No, no, no. If I'm all Japan, like, I'm definitely doing a trade with, like, oh, yeah, sure, you want to win our, like, you want your guy to win our least important tournament. Uh, and we get, like, a really nice, like, main event where we don't burn one of, like, our big matchups either. Yeah, cool. Sure. We'll do that. Not to mention, T- well, we'll talk about one of the results in the next show. Mm-hmm. is huge for T-Hawk yes, as well. Yes, that too. Yeah, no. I mean, Lead has gotten like more than their pound of flesh here to like allow T-Hawk to lose in the main event of the Champion Carnival. For sure. And so we move on to May 4th today. 832 people, so it's a little better. Although not bad considering they were going up against that Sumo Hall show of Noah's. Yeah, but that didn't draw great either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also went up against the Yokohama, right. the the Big Japan Yokohama show. They drew 1,800. Yeah. So, and we might yeah. talk about that show on our next show. Let's see. We'll see if we can yeah. do that. <laughs> but we might. Well, there's nothing else to talk about except for the Champion Cardinal yeah, Finals. True. So we might just do that. Um, so the special tag match we had... Naruki Doi, Naoki Tanizaki, and Ojishiba lose to uh, Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamer, and Ryo Inoue in 8 minutes and 32 seconds. 
um, when um, Sato pinned Shiba with sort of like this arm bar into a pinning hold thing. Yeah, that was weird. I thought this was a really good opener. No, the opener was really good. Just the finish was kind of weird. It was just like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I thought it was a good opener otherwise. And then Sato you had, like, you also sort of... just like immediately rolled out of the ring as well. It's funny because like, you basically had a Dragon Gate team. Oh, yeah. And they worked together like a well-oiled machine. I did not realize that until now. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That is that is a Dragon Gate team. <laughs> Wait, what? No, no, no. OG Shiba never joined a faction, I think. But technically, since OG Shiba is the brother of Kotoka, this was in a way a Berserk reunion. Like, some, <laughs> a little bit at least. Second match. Suwama, Kono, and Rei Saito defeated Chuchi Shikawa, Yuma Anzai, and Takao Mori in 7 minutes and 49 seconds when Kono made Omori submit to a cross arm breaker. Interesting finish again. Yeah. Uh, Submission specialist yeah, Kono. Exactly. <laughs> Is that the reason why um, is that the reason why Sato turned that armbar into a roll up because he was like ah shit we're having an armbar finish in the uh, in the next match I forgot uh let me turn this into a roll up instead. Uh you know what I thought the highlight of this match were the Anzai and Ray uh interactions. Yeah, but I uh, but again um, this also continues the voodoo murderers and against as well with Suwama just throwing a yes. pet afterwards. And and lots of brawling in the crowd as well. Yeah. Next up, Yuji Nagata and Shotaro Ishino defeated Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori in 9 minutes and 40 seconds when Ishino made Hokuto tap to the ankle lock. Nice little match, mm-hmm. and Nagata and Ishino teased dissension. They sort of came to blows at one point. Yeah, This was when I realized that uh, T-Hawk is making the final and Ashino is winning the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This was, I mean, this was good, but it was also an angle. Basically, I mean, it's nice to see Suzuki back. So, kind yeah. of weirdly absent for uh, for the Champion Carnival. Well, he's going to be back a lot more. Yeah, I mean, now he's also like, lo- yeah, he also like lost the six man tag belt as well. Yeah, and then Yuma Aoyagi yeah, wait a versus Yoshitatsu. I just realized, did he work two matches today? No, Dontaku was yesterday. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, never mind. Or two okay. days ago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, my brain's kind of fried. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he would have had to come all the way from Fukuoka to Tokyo. Yeah, he was like, wait a minute, can you actually explain everything you made? It doesn't make sense. I was like, oh yeah, no, wait. <laughs> Mix up the data. Um, next up, uh, A Block. Yuma Aoyagi defeated Yoshitatsu in 7 minutes and 50 seconds with the uh, jackknife hold when um, uh, Yoshitatsu was going for his double knee crusher thing. I mean, you know, yeah, it is what it was. Get it was actually pretty. Again, it's like one of those things where it's like this is actually a perfectly good ma- little match for seven minutes and fifty seconds because of Yuma Aoyagi yeah. and his performance. Yeah. And also, you know who can lo- who can lose clean uh, to Yuma Aoyagi? Kento Miyahara. You know who can also lose clean to Yuma Aoyagi? Satoshi Kojima. You know who can't lose clean or who ne- who only loses to Yuma Aoyagi on a roll up? Yoshitatsu. <laughs> that's called protecting one of your assets yeah, protecting the corona international champion yep um next up uh june saito defeated uh Ryuki honda uh and all japan's website does not have a time listed on this match but it got like well it probably didn't go more than 10 minutes but it got a yeah. 
decent amount of time for what it was with the psycho break, which is the Cobra cut slam. Uh, I like this match. Yeah. Same. I did. And I thought this was like one of June's best individual performances in this tournament. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but I also thought like Honda did pretty well here as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Like he is awesome. Yeah. And he's strong. Like, because again, we were talking about like how Shino's like kind of too small to do like stuff with Ishikawa, but I think Honda is like tall Honda and can. strong enough to like because he showed that off here against. Well, Jim. Honda's H- Honda's maybe five eleven tops. Yeah, but he is. But beef. yeah, he's yeah. very beefy. But yeah, no, I I but, thought uh, I thought this was like a really fun like like hot match. Honda finishes with eight points. Oh, and I should say that Yoshitatsu finished with two points. <laughs> It is only one of us over T Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Remember how ridiculous we thought that was too. Yeah. The yeah. And then T Hawk based that he didn't lose a match after that. This <laughs> is like the last loss he took in the entire tournament until the final. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then uh, so Honda finishes with eight points, so that's a winning record. And then June six points. That's respectable for him. Yep. I think they do see Ray right now as the better guy because he's got more charisma but they did kind of finish finish like closer like in the final standings like yeah they still protect him. and i thought you know june had a good back end of the tournament for him yeah next up satoshi kojima defeated cyrus in nine minutes and 22 seconds with the lariat paul this is fun mm-hmm. i can't say this was the best cyrus or kojima match but it was fun because kojima can play off of a guy like cyrus so well no, I mean, look, <laughs> this man is a is a well-versed veteran of uh, mid two thousands all Japan, so he definitely knows how to work with like a big stiff foreigner. <laughs> oh, he does. And Cyrus is also way better than like a good chunk of like the former members of ROD, <laughs> which you know, yes. maybe that's coming back, but. <laughs> Do we want to talk about that now? Because I think this was about the time when they announced that in the show. Oh, we missed that. What? Did that already get on to those? Because it was after, it was right before the uh, turn, the carnival matches started. Okay, yeah. So, so we, okay. So they did their stuff. They announced their like upcoming car or matches and like what outsiders would be on some upcoming shows. Like I said, Suzuki will be back quite a bit in June. Tayo K is coming back for two shows on June 15th and June 17th. I did not see this coming. No, <laughs> I absolutely did not see this coming. This was like the last person I would have expected to come back. So he'll do a Corkin show and he'll do the June Oda Ward show. Uh, is this a retirement tour? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he last wrestled in 2019. He hasn't wrestled in four years. Yeah. And even before that, it was very spotty. Yeah. Because like he went back to like, he got like a business degree and, and stuff. And because and, his, his wrestling career is winding down and everything like that. Uh, so I could see this just being a final farewell now that like the pandemic's over and, mm-hmm. and, uh, the restrictions have been lifted anyway. So maybe that's what this is. Although I, I can't imagine what kind of, I mean, he's like 48, I think. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of, he can, I mean, he'll be in tag matches, I'm sure, but still it's just out of left field. To be fair, but 47 is still younger than I thought he would have been given how long he has been wrestling. I mean, he went into that all japan dojo when he was like 19 yeah, i think yeah or 18 yeah because yeah no i mean to maybe like the people that have only like started watching all japan more recently but taiokea like literally goes back to like mid 90s all japan like he's 
been with that promotion basically forever. Yeah, he. I mean, he was basically with them full time for 20 years. Yeah. From like, I don't know, 94 to like 2013, 2012, I think is when he started like dialing back yeah. as a wrestler. Yeah. He lived in the dojo. I mean, he's from Hawaii. And, uh, I mean, he's, I think he's what like King Curtis Iakea's nephew or related to King Curtis Iakea. And he got into the dojo because Lord James Blears was also in Hawaii and knew yeah. Curtis Iakea. And so that's how he got in. And you also used to and... have the amazing name, uh, Monokeo Mossman. Well, that's his real name. <laughs> is that actually his real name? Yeah. Why is his last name Mossman? What kind of last name is that? Um, so, but also, yeah, former I mean, he got the champion, ta- so. Former Triple Crown champion, former champion carnival winner, yeah. multiple time world tag team champion with like Mudo. Like everyone. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and uh, Minoru Suzuki. And someone I'm probably forgetting. Uh, oh, I think he was. Was he former tag team title champions with Jamal? Uh, let me check. Yeah, that was actually. Yeah, that was. No, no, that wasn't his longest reign. The longest reign was with Suzuki. But yeah, he was with. It's okay, I can read it out. So he. Uh, so his first tag team championship he won with Johnny Smith in 2001. I remember that. Yeah. Then he was IWGP tag team. champion with Muto. Then he was All Japan tag team champion with Muto. Then he was tag team champion with Kojima. Then he was tag team champion with Kamal. Uh, Jamal, not Kamal, Jamal. Then he won the Triple Crown. Then he won the tag team champions with Kavada, which I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that too. Then he won the tag team champions with Suzuki. And then for his final tag team, uh, he's a seven-time uh, All Japan World Tag Team Champion. Like his last reign was with Akabono in 2011. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Partisan Forces. Yes, Partisan Forces. That's anyway. actually what I'm wondering because Suzuki is still there. Like, Because we still haven't gotten a name for the Doi Omori Suzuki faction. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he will team with Suzuki. Yeah. Suzuki's working those shows. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, that would make a lot of sense. And especially, like, I don't think, like, Taioke has any interest in working, like, singles matches. So him teaming with Suzuki or, like, six my tag matches with, like, the other guys in the faction would actually, like, make sense. Because it's not, like, yeah, really, like, the other guys that he used to team with regularly that are still, like, around. Like, they're either retired or dead, unfortunately. Yeah. Um... Although, like, I listened to an interview with him in, like, I don't know, 2019 or 2020, maybe, and he said he was done with wrestling, so, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, so maybe, 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 sure. the, maybe the, like, you know, maybe the urge is back after, like... Yeah, that happens to many wrestlers that say exactly. they're never going to wrestle again. <laughs> like, he's got, he had four, he had four years off, basically, to, like, recover his body, and, you know, maybe it gets boring after a while to just lay on the beaches of Hawaii. <laughs> okay and so the last block match of the champion carnival t-hawk defeated kento miyahara in 16 minutes and 45 seconds with the night ride this was pretty darn good i don't think it was quite as good as their ma- their triple crown match last year mm-hmm. but still uh one of the best matches of the tournament yeah no i agree uh, i also went note punk on this i don't think i didn't like it quite as much as uh Kojima with Miyaharas, I think that one was still better, but I thought this was also like another like really great match. Especially like like the mm-hmm. feeling obviously like with these two, like what you can expect is to just get a really hard finishing sequence. And that's what we got here as well, where like they just went like absolutely insane there. 
So, no, I, I yeah. like this one. I will say, though, T- some of T-Hawk's offense on Miyahara looks weird. What's what's the name of the move where it's like he picks him up for a back suplex, and but he flips him over onto their stomach? Uh, on the tip of my tongue, I don't remember. Um... Well, anyway, if you watch that move, Kento got very, very little, like, room for his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, if that had been gone off a little wrong, he would have landed right on his head. Yeah. And the night ride looked a little awkward. A little bit, but I, yeah, didn't bother me. <laughs> no, no, but just, you know, I mean, I was like, oh my god, what's gonna? <laughs> is he gonna break? Is he gonna break me a horse leg? That would destroy the. That would end the company. No, that is all thing. If anything, if anything, the only thing back. that could, the only thing I think, I mean, given all Japan's history, the only thing at this point that could put him out of business is Kento suffering a career-ending injury. I think. Yeah. Is that the Vera Cruz, so, the one that you were talking about, the move? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Something else, um, maybe. But anyway, I I didn't see this coming, to be completely honest no. with you. And the, I mean, you did call, like, Ashino making the final. I did call Ashino. I'm taking a victory lap on Ashino, but T-Hawk I definitely did not no. see coming. It makes sense in hindsight. It makes, like, all of it makes a lot of sense in hindsight with him, yes. like... Winning the G-Rex title in, like, the middle of the tournament and then going on a run and, like, going to the final. But, yeah, no. Like, before that, like, I, yeah. Like, I think it's the right choice because, basically, you don't, like, burn a big match. Like, one of your own big matches, yep. basically, in the finals. And you still have, like, you have, like, Naito and, like, other people at that show to, like, really sell tickets. And I think it's going to be a great match as well. Yes. Oh, I have no doubt. I mean... We're we're carrying on some deep, um, Wrestle One lore. Yeah. This is this is some long term booking know? people. Like this is this is going back all the way to 2019 when Ashino lost the uh, lost the uh, Wrestle One title to T Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also they've actually had uh, a they actually had a singles match like last year in the Champion Carnival where uh, T Hawk won as well. So Ashino has actually never beaten T Hawk in a singles match. There you go. Oh, I remember that 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 um, champion carnival finish last year because it was so ridiculous. Like he hits the T-bone suplex on T-Hawk and T-Hawk just rolls him up. <laughs> yeah, that was so nuts. That was so that was so weird. Because <laughs> T-Hawk was getting all of his wins on weird roll-ups yeah. <laughs> in that tournament. So hey, yeah, so, but that's definitely yeah, something I mean, where you can tease that. But yeah, no, like that that match was fine. But like that Wrestle One Championship match, like I don't know if you've seen that one. That one is. Really, I have. that one is legitimately an amazing match like i don't know yeah, if that is I anywhere have. online but if you want to like get a preview for this match like look that like seek that match out and then yeah i think if that's where if that's the level they're getting to for the champion carnival final we're in for a really good match oh i think this will be a great show yeah because i think doy and tamra will deliver mm-hmm. and you've got interpromotional matches yeah um and stuff like that. I actually think we'll Dan has a chance second. of winning. Mm, yes. Like, I think they've done a really Although good I job thought... building up Dan throughout this entire tour to actually make him into a believable challenger. Because he definitely wasn't when he challenged, but he is now. I thought Doi was going to get a little longer reign, but I would have no problem with Doi's reign ending yeah. after this tournament with Dan. Like, I, I would still say Doi is the favorite, but I would say yeah. it's about, like, 66 like i think dan has like a 33 percent chance of winning yeah maybe even 40 yeah and then so uh we'll talk more about that 
Champion Carnival Finals second, but let's get to the main event because it's the Junior Tag Battle of Glory um, Finals. Uh, Kaido Ishida and Kotaro Suzuki, Black Generation International, defeat uh, Atsuki Aoyagi and Rising Hayato in 21 minutes and 48 seconds with the half-tiger suplex hold from Ishida on Hayato. This was pretty good. I don't think it was miles better than their 15-minute draw, though. Okay. I mean, I, I think do need to say that better. I kind of need to rewatch this match to give my final rating. Like, from what I saw, it was amazing. The problem was that mm-hmm. it happened at the same time as the access angle. And while I was pretty good at splitting my oh, attention okay. between the two shows, I need to say that one just completely, basically sucked me onto one screen. So mm-hmm. I do miss, like, about, like, three to four minutes of this match where I was just completely just paying attention to access reuniting. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it was good. It was good. And it was a good finals yeah. to the, I mean, probably the best junior tag battle of glory finals I can remember. <laughs> I mean, there's not many finals to this tournament that I can remember. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, even with then, like so... the short matches and everything, I think this was like still the best version of this tournament. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it could have been more, mm-hmm. but it was also still very good. Yeah. <laughs> And like I said, I, I from what I saw of this match, I really loved it. So yeah, but mm-hmm. like to actually determine whether or not I'm actually going to go notebook here, I actually need to uh, watch the full match. Yeah. And then so a quick rundown of they haven't announced the full card for Oda Ward yet, but here's what we got so far: we got Bushi, Tetsuya Naido, and Minoru Suzuki. No matches announced. Junior special six man tag: Atsuki Oyagi, Rising Hayato, El Lindemann versus Kaido Ishida, Kotaro Suzuki, and Yutani of Black Generation International. Six-person tag match, Unagi Sayaka, Saki, and Yoshitatsu versus Hikaru Sato, Kaori Onoyama, and Yu. Uh, junior title match, Naruki Doi versus Dan Tamara. Manabu Soya versus Kono. <laughs> that is a match. I know. Uh, that is a re- another Wrestle 1 tribute match in this <laughs> on this card. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Keno, Hiroki, and Hajime Ohara versus Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito. I think you can figure out the result. Uh, I mean, probably it is Suwama pinning one of the juniors. Probably Ohara. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, with the whole, like, kind of descent thing and everything, I wouldn't be shocked if Kono wins the singles match, and then there's some shenanigans in this one. Mm-hmm. That's also possible. And then T-Hawk versus Shitaro Shino. So, like, there's no Kento or Yuma or Kojima or any of those people's matches announced yet. Well, let me assume... Paul, let me ask you this. Ashino is, like, 99.9% winning this match. Oh, absolutely, yes. Paul, was there any point to Ashino winning this champion carnival if he doesn't beat Nagata? Yes, because he wins something. Because he hasn't won anything. I know, I know. <laughs> but, okay, so Ashino doesn't beat Nagata, but what is Ashino ever going to do in this company again? Because I don't think he's winning the Triple Crown if he doesn't beat Nagata. Pardon? Be the guy that puts over you, my answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think he could win the Triple Crown. And if not, this is his peak in all Japan. Yes. No, absolutely. If he's not beating Nagata, that is like, it's his absolute peak. But I mean, we were already talking about, you know, him probably already getting yes. passed by, by some of these younger guys. And then he like immediately turns it around and actually like goes on a run here. But... This could also be like the thing where all Japan is like, look, man, 
we're never gonna go all the way with you, but we are willing to like have you. Like we're thankful for like what you've done and everything. So we're giving you a champion carnival, and we're giving you a match with Nagata on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's already like uh, that's already more than I thought they were gonna give him. Well, certainly more than I thought a month ago. Yeah. And I mean, I do think there is a chance he beats Nagata. Like, I don't think he like. Oh, I think so too. I think I think he has a chance. I, like, but that one, I think he's less of a chance than Dan beating uh, Doi. Mm-hmm. And um, if Ashino does win the Triple Crown, is he losing it to Yuma? I, yeah. Aoyagi. Yeah. I feel like he is. I feel like he is. Like, if he's winning it, then I think he is losing it to Yuma. If Nagata is winning this, then I think he's losing the title at the All Together Show. Oh, really? At that show? Yeah. Because the only thing is, they've got an Oda Ward later in June. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that, like, yeah, maybe altogether it's just going to be six-man tags or whatever. I but think so. I don't know. Like, they're doing this whole, like, all Japan titles being an outsider. So, I don't know. To me, it would also make sense if they, like, basically have all Japan kind of like getting back some titles like maybe not all of them but at least some of them at that show maybe it just doesn't seem like the, what they would do on that show just given history it is but like yeah I don't know like like but they also weren't these kind of like lengthy like interpromotional storylines that they have been doing with all Japan this year that's true because too. it is like a lot of it is built around like overcoming like outsiders or like still like falling just short like again like for example like the finals of like the the Junior Battle of Glory again were like another example of that where it's like and yet again like the all Japan wrestlers come short against the outsiders and like lose the thing. And then you like basically use that as like a setup for like well so far all of the all Japan wrestlers have like lost against all of the outsiders and now finally Ashino, like an all Japan guy, finally beats one of the outsiders in a big spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so uh quick a uh, few batch announcements. May 18th, Shinkiba. Previously announced, Yuma Anzai versus uh, Ryo Inoue, which should be awesome. Yeah. But also, Paul, did you see this match announcement? Yes, I, I, thought, I thought it. I was like, oh man, I know Gerard is going to be excited about this one. Evolution finally enters all Japan when it's, well, they team with Saki and it's Zones and Chi-Chi and Saki versus the Colors team of Hikari Shimizu, Rina Amikura, and Yuko Sakurai. Mm-hmm. So I did not expect this, but I guess there is going to be that, and they will be on some shows. June third in the Sun Machida Asahi Gymnasium in Machida, Tokyo, got Kento and Yuma uh, Aoyagi versus Suwama and Yuma Anzai. And Paul, this is what set off your alarm. Yes, about, it's right? very obvious that Suwama is going to be a face here. It's very obvious that like him and Kono are losing uh, against. Keno and uh, against Keno and uh, Soya, and then Suwama's getting kicked out of Voodoo Murderers. Now, are, is Suwama and Anzai eventually going to beat Keno and uh, Soya? Yeah. Because I think that just, it just makes a lot of sense, like, because that way, like, I think Suwama and Anzai are a really good tag team, uh, or have to potentially yeah. be a really good tag team. I think that's the perfect spot to put Anzai in, like, if you want to push him, which they very clearly do. Like putting him with and Suwama. And it's also the like, perfect spot for Suwama. Yeah, exactly. Like Suwama can be like hidden. Anzai can like still like learn a lot of stuff and he can like, like I think this is like a really good decision. And if you want to like really show that you're like willing to like 
go heavy on end. I think having him win the tag titles off of the Invaders is a good idea, especially with the like newly turned face legend of the company as well, who is also kind of like your biggest. Again, we know that Subama loves Anzai. He just couldn't really do anything with him because he's a heel. Yeah. So to me, it just makes all yeah. the sense in the world that he finally turns face and he can finally like work with Anzai the way he wants to. Yeah. Then we have uh, Shuji Ishikawa and Masashi Takeda versus Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda, mm-hmm. which uh, should be pretty good. And Paul, this one I think I might be looking forward to the most. Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata versus the Saitos. <laughs> it's going to rule, Paul. Yeah. No, no, I'm actually curious, really curious about this match. I mean, some of it depends kind of on the effort level of Kojima and Nagata, but if they're like willing to work, I think this has potential. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so yeah. And then it's like Minoru Suzuki is working June 11th, 15th, and 17th. Mm-hmm. Taiokea, June 15th and 17th. And then we're celebrating Shuji Ishikawa's 20th anniversary mm-hmm. in pro wrestling. And so he's going to have two anniversary matches. The first is on June 15th at Corican Hall. It's Shuji Ishikawa, Kohei Sato, and Ren Ayabe versus Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Kono. Yeah, look who's so not the tall on that boys. murderous team. Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's even better evidence than the other one. I mean. Yeah. And actually, the next match we're going to talk about as well. <laughs> yes. And then at Oda Ward Gym on June 17th, Violent Giants reunite. Yeah. It's Suji Ishikawa and Suwama versus Daisuke Sekimoto and Yuji Okabayashi. Now that is a callback In... to like 2018, 2017, all Japan. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Now it's not going to be good as their matches in 2019. No, it's not. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I would dare argue that Su. Well, no, Suwama is actually not that much worse off than he was in 2019. But Ishikawa, but Ishikawa and yes. Sekimoto yes. have definitely declined yes. since 2019. Definitely. In fact, that was probably Ishikawa's last like top level, like high quality run. Yeah. No, I think I think that's very easy to say. Um. Okay. So if they're not putting Anzai and Suwama together. Do you think this is like a if this is a more permanent reunification of Violent Giants? No. Yeah. It's just a 20th anniversary one. Yeah, it's like that time has passed as well. I think they like yeah, I don't know. Like they will reunite tag team. I mean, they lasted a little too long. Yes, I they yeah. are legitimately one of my all-time favorite tag teams and I was very happy when they finally broke up because they were like way past where they should have they broke up a year too late basically yeah uh i i hope they wear their little like fantastics uh sequin vests yes no like now now that it's been a while now that they've broken up now i've actually now i'm actually like nostalgic for it so i'm i'm really looking yeah forward to it. i have very unrealistic expectations for this match not gonna lie <laughs> well yeah i mean it, it'll be great as long as they don't like reunite them and shove them down our throats again yeah no but like just this then match them doing like, this every so often yeah. will be fun i i'm really struggling not expecting a 2019 match out of this and i know it can be but i'm just i just really love this matchup back then like this was so fucking good yeah i rewatched those matches not that too long ago i think in like last december mm-hmm. and they're still awesome yeah and i mean this is actually like this is actually okay now that like not that like all Japan TV has like a great library, but like I mean it's been around long enough that like oh, those these are matches there. are on there. 
Like the, you can actually go oh, back yeah. and watch them if you have all Japan, if you got all Japan TV, like for the Trapping Carnival, and you want to like stick. Well, with actually, it. not both. Well, there's a match in Big Japan. I don't think that's on there. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 But like all of the all Japan Strong BJ won there. the titles. Strong BJ won the titles in Big Japan, and then dropped them in All Japan. Yeah. yeah. But still. Yeah. Still, like that match is on there, so like you can watch it. Yeah. It should be like one sure. of the earliest ones as well. Like one of the like no, because it started in 2018. Ah, okay, yeah, okay, but still, like, you can find it. Yeah. So that is that. Any final thoughts before we go, Paul? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to the like to the carnival finals. Like, I think that has potential yeah. to be like really, really top match. And like, just the way the carnival has worked in the past, like, it always builds to like peaking with the finals like really like so if we just look at the way like they've done this in the past like the finals have always been the best match of the carnival in recent years and i have i have a feeling well, I mean, it's going to be the same this year even in the notorious 2020 carnival yeah there was, there, there was the was one amazing. good match of the entire tournament and that was a fucking yeah. match of the year contender. The entire tournament was utter dog shit. And then it just, and then Zeus and Miyahara just go out there and have like one of the best matches of the entirety of 2020. Yeah. So I have, uh, you can bank on that finals being a great match for yeah. sure. And so uh, we'll be back, I think, next week because we might as well knock off the Champion Carnival finals while they're fresh. And we will try to take a look at the Big Japan show at Yokohama Budokan that drew 1,800 people. I don't know if they discounted the tickets again like they did last year or not or what that was, but that's pretty impressive. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So for Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard Detroit, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.